0: Attention all podcasts of the Solar Federation. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. The Intergalactic Box She was a fast machine. She kept her motor clean. She was the best damn woman that I ever seen. She had the sightless eyes. Telling me no lies. Knocking me out with those American thighs. Taking more than her share, had me a fight for her, air. She sure did, let me tell you. She told me to come, but I was already there. Because the walls started shaking, the earth was cracking. My mind was aching and we were making it. And you shook me all night long. You dang shook me all night long, pretty one. Let me tell you <laughs> Welcome to the only geek news podcast hosted by a voice actor complete with other voices in his head, the Intergalactic Boombox, a theater of the mind experience in high fidelity and then is compressed to a low-quality MP3 and plays in your $10 earbuds. I am your host, Kyle aber NewPodcastApps.com gets you a nice long list of free podcast apps to listen to this show on, part of Podcasting 2.0, giving you images, chapters, and the ability to support the show monetarily in micropayments, in-apps, as you listen the question of the week. What tech are you excited for in 2022? Barney Schaefer from Sheboygan, Wisconsin says Steam Deck. Zenro 97 also says Steam Deck to emulate those GameCube games on the go. Kinzaro says PSVR 2. Summer is personally looking forward to see whatever Nintendo has up their sleeves next. It's gonna be real hard to top the Switch at this rate. King Jalal says a PS5, like actually finally getting one at fair market price. Levi says, nothing that's been announced, but a more powerful switch would be very nice, especially for Breath of the Wild 2. Also, a Samsung Freestyle, a smart Bluetooth projector that can project on any colored wall, optimizing screen size up to a 100-inch display, autofocuses, mirrors your TV or phone content, 360-degree sound, 180-degree cradle stand, and a voice assistant, Alexa built in there, 1080p HDR, will retail for $900. No release date yet, but pre-orders are up all over. Check the link in the show notes. See what that freestyle's all about. New question. What fictional land or planet would you live on if you could? For me, I'm thinking James Cameron's avatar, you know, Pandora. Say what you will about the story and all that. I'm talking about the groundbreaking special effects and and the way that planet was presented was fully immersive and it was just beautiful. I think that would be amazing to be on Pandora, as long as it doesn't turn into space Australia where everything's trying to kill you. It could be for movies, books, TV shows, maybe even your own mind. What fictional land or planet would you live on or in if you could? At Boombox Pod. And now, literal literature. Atlas Shrugged. If you don't want spoilers for the book of Boba Fett, you best skip ahead to seven minutes and 29 seconds. Don't shoot the messenger. The book of Boba Fett so far has been. Not the home run The Mandalorian was, but it's still entertaining. I have faith that Jon Favreau has some, some tricks up his sleeve there. Second episode was better, though the moment that definitely made me go, whoa, did they really go there? the deepest cut of fan service yet was Tashi Station, baby! Yeah, you don't see any power converters worth whining over, but you do see two of Luke Skywalker's compadres that hardcore fans will recognize because they've combed every last special feature on the disc in their collection. Ladies and gentlemen, Cami and Fixer! That's enough. Going straight from the cutting room floor to cannon, just like that. Birthed from a deleted scene where Luke first appears on Tatooine, noticing the Imperial Destroyer firing on Leia's ship via his binoculars. Now, there's no remastering magic here on this scene, as the quality looks about as good as your grandpa's old 8mm film rails. And the scene was thankfully cut for pacing, as it adds absolutely nothing to the story, other than it's cool to see Luke and Biggs chumming around. The scene is still intact, though, and expands on the camaraderie on the uh, official NPR radio drama of Star Wars, which came out before it was known as A New Hope. I think it was like 1978, maybe. Uh, As for Cammy and Fixer, they're just sitting there in the scene in Tashi Station, looking bored as if they're waiting for Luke to come back around, just so they could poke fun at him again. Or maybe they're bummed because they just ran out of power converters. My friend and I were talking, and uh, he's like, they don't exist, they were deleted. And I'm like, you, sir, are full of Bantha-poo. Ew. Nothing like a couple Star Wars dorks trading quotes. No, wait, I know. Cammie and Fixer are paying a silent tribute to the original actors. They feel bad because they were cut from the original movie, and they miss out on those sweet residuals. But at least they already have their own action figures. Episode 3 is fairly solid, but uh, things overall in the show, uh, so far anyway, are happening pretty slowly. You know, I'm not digging the cyber-enhanced Teen Titans kids... The one gal looks like they ripped her out of a goth club. It's like, oh, I'm going to kill you with my combat boots. Their chase scene of the Major Domo is is hit and miss, literally. It's like fast-paced, but also goofy. It's almost like George Lucas wrote it. Couldn't we just have Boba Fett and his jetpack follow him? I mean, come on. Now, while I'm a sucker for loving any speeder bike chase, the color schemes immediately make me think Power Rangers. Doot, 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 doot. Steven Root, also known as have you seen my stipler? As a water merchant, douchebag is a pleasant surprise. Black chrysantin, aka chewy on steroids. I'm digging him. This Wookiee is ready for the WWE, man. He undid everything the back to tank did for Boba in just like two seconds. Mythosaur references, dating back to the holiday special, which of course we've seen the mythosaur, like like that's his logo, the skull that you see on his armor and you seen throughout the Mandalorian. Honestly surprised we haven't seen a mythosaur yet. But there's still time. Meanwhile, we did get a baby Rancor. That was cool. A gift from the Twin Huts, handled by Danny Trejo, who is destined to appear in anything Robert Rodriguez makes. Getting to see how a Rancor bonds with its owner, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Fennec Shan has nothing to do in this episode except walk around with Fed and have that PO'd mom stare. It's like I feel like they could trim the fat on this show and just give us a jam-packed four-episode run instead of seven. And at the end of the day, I'm like any other Star Wars fan who bitches. We all still show up and throw money at Lucasfilm and we're there to see the next one. Just got to keep it all in perspective. Even at its worst, it's still better than Rise of Skywalker. I just read that Timura Morrison, the guy who plays Boba, says the Slave One ship has officially been renamed Firespray. It's not just the type of ship. He says it's called that when they uh, they shot Book of Boba Fett. I think Axe Body Spray should cash in on this. For the Star Wars fan who goes overboard with trying to smell good. When your B.O. needs to go down in flames. <laughs> What's in the box? Pain. Or Gwyneth Paltrow's head. But seriously, Dune is now on 4K and Blu-ray. That makes me super happy. I love that movie. I paid way too much for the exclusive steelbook from Best Buy because I missed out on the pre-orders. Curse you vultures on eBay! Walmart offers an exclusive Blu-ray set that I wish was the 4K version, but uh, alas. It comes packaged in a replica Benny Jesserit pain box. Just like young Paul Atreides got to experience with a gum jabar at his neck. No relation to Kareem Abdul. Once you take the disc out, you can relive that scene where you stick your hand in the box and face certain death if you remove it and instead feel excruciating nerve induction pain. Only not because lawsuit. The ad actually says limited edition pain box. You know, for kids. Yeah! I say John Carpenter's The Thing is a Christmas movie. Better yet, it's an anytime movie. Let's go to the phones and uh, see what you guys think here. West of the Rockies, you are on the air. I is here. Oh, propaganda. Where are you calling from? I play Uh-huh. You mean Area 51? Yes, that. Yeah, Harrison Ford is a licensed pilot, but you know he crashed twice, right? Oh, I am knowing this, which is why I not hire him to fly me. Are you a pilot? No. Then what are you doing? I, propaganda am fed up with government lying to the people about the existence of aliens. All right, propaganda. this podcast is all the proof you need. I got aliens on this spaceship here who podcast with me every week. Uh, they use cosplayers for an audio podcast. Looky here, Carl. Kyle. You have issues. Propaganda. You've got more issues than the entire run of Batman. Flying rodents do not concern me. However, jet fighters who just to intercept me. Do. Papa, you're going to get yourself killed. You can't just fly over Area 51 airspace. The military can shoot you down. All right, that's enough of this. Gets, aim the tractor beam at Area 51. We need to get propaganda out of there. Affirmative. I cannot believe it's not butter. Yeah, dude, it's better than butter. You extract me like bad tooth out of situation and I enter your box of Big Badaboom. Hello. Ah, what is that? <laughs> I'm Shiggles. Time we debrief you, mate. You cannot have my box of briefs. My <laughs> homie means catch you up to speed. Right. We're not from Earth. No. Although you guys sure are entertaining. Thank you. You <laughs> peoples look like H.P. Lovecraft have massive bowel movement. <laughs> Thank you. We like to think of ourselves as social media influencers. Get back! You are contagious with social media influenza! Whoa, social media is a virus. Ooh, that's deep, man. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) They call them starving artists for a reason. So many gifted and talented people around the world create amazing artwork. It's seen online, in print, and now NFTs... But the hard part is knowing how to make your art stand out. Welp, Brenda Delgado from Manila in the Philippines has cracked the code. People draw or paint on many different surfaces as canvases, but this may be a first. Brenda paints art on giant dead cockroaches. Ah! Check the link in the show notes for some samples, or if you're listening to this on a podcasting 2.0 app, take a gander at the player right now, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Now, before PETA sicks the animal cruelty cops, it's important to note that she does not kill the roaches in order to paint on them. She just finds dead ones fully intact when she's, like, sweeping up around her workspace. Turns out oil paints really pop on roach wings. Who'da thunk? Straight out of the it's a rumor category, Gamespot is reporting that there is a Scott Pilgrim anime being made. Huh? Though there is no official word on the show being greenlit, Studio Science Saru is tapped to do the animation work. Pilgrim's creator Brian Lee O'Malley will supposedly write. Science Saru's animation credits include Devilman Crybaby for Netflix and two shorts from the recent Disney Plus Star Wars Vision anime anthology T O B One and Akakiri. Now, is it me, or does this seem like an idea that's like two decades too late? And even then, I could actually envision a cartoon series, but with anime's explosion of popularity, I could see the bean counters thinking that everything needs an anime because Hollywood's definitely learning anime doesn't need a live-action adaptation. And I love Scott Pilgrim as a movie. I never read the original comic. And I think it's a great snapshot of game culture for the time. Gitz, what's your two cents? Let it go, let it go. How about no singing on the bridge? Sorry, Captain. Shiggles? Uh, I say I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. What? What? Wait a minute. What won't you do? That, mate. What is that? Where? That! Who, him? No! Where? Why that? What? That song, how does it tie into Scott Pilgrim becoming an anime series? I was thinking of Meatloaf and how he's an underrated singer. Can't confirm. You know my grandma makes the best Meatloaf? Stop making me hungry! Oh, look at the time. Another Intergalactic Boombox episode draws to a close. I need to steer this ship in the other direction there. We gotta attach giant metal flippers on the side so we can pinball some comets and asteroids away from Earth's trajectory. They should have called me when they were making Don't Look Up. Anyway, if you like the show, tell a friend. And I now leave you with some words of wisdom. Earth has no balm that can cure the loneliness of the human spirit. But please use chapstick. Your lips are drier than a popcorn fart. Till next time, I am out of here.